0: Welcome to a new episode of Walk the Talk, a curiosity-driven podcast on all things interesting in the subject of sustainability. Today's guest is a true expert of sustainable travel. He has studied natural sciences and has a nature guide permit from a long time ago. Then he has done a very, very interesting career in restaurants in New York, uh, dwelling into the world of wine. And today he's also a valued wine specialist and a consultant, for example, for Vini del Piemonte. For the last 20 years he has organized wine tours mainly in piedmont but also all over italy so he has seen the fast development of the wine and gastronomic tourism and today we talk about how sustainable that development has been and what can be the next steps very warm welcome sandro minella
1: ciao rica hi to everyone
0: Uh, How has your personal sustainability thinking and understanding developed? What have been those events in your career that have shaped or changed your thinking?
1: Well, I think way before my career started, uh, when I was a child, I was living in Turin. But every free time, every weekend, the whole summer, I was always uh, at my uh, grandparents' uh, farm—a uh, very small farm in uh, in the Alsa near Turin, uh, where they didn't make that for a living, but it was their passion. After working in in the in the city uh, for their whole life, they retired and they decided to move there. And uh, I remember so well how uh, sustainability at the time in that house uh, was not just uh, words, it was a very practical way before we started talking about uh, environment and uh, uh, sustainability, because uh, there was no waste. Uh, They had some animals, uh, some chicken, uh, rabbits, uh, dogs, uh, and nothing was, uh, everything was reused all the time. The amount of waste that we were uh, doing in that house was uh, absolutely Uh, Minimal, everything was made with uh, wood, iron, (laughs) so everything uh, was uh, somehow reused for a different purpose. Uh, And it was a natural approach, uh, not given by the, they studied probably three years at the primary school in their life. Uh, So it was not coming from uh, an awareness, from a scientific approach to sustainability, but it came from uh, Millenniums of uh, of uh, country life uh, that uh, that was in the background of our culture, and that we kind of lost uh, within one generation, or maybe two, uh, changing our uh, completely changing our way of life. Uh, so we lost contact with uh, just being able to listen to nature and to approach uh, uh, our uh, our uh, relationship with nature in such a uh, was a normal way for for almost the entire life of, of humans. Uh, uh, so uh, starting from, from that, I realized how, you know, living my own city life and uh, and working, uh, of course, uh, that was always in the background, you know, how much waste people make in um, urban life. Then I studied natural sciences that really taught me about uh, uh, think about nature Uh, on on its whole, so not just specializing in biology or chemistry or, um, I don't know, geological sciences, but uh, studying all these things together, including anthropology, so including the the human factor. Uh, So, I uh, I was constantly... about uh, thinking about nature within all its uh, relationship, between all the different elements. uh, And it's something that uh, uh, I think uh, must be always kept in our mind when we talk about sustainability, that everything we touch, every little element we touch uh, or we change will have a consequence good or bad con- consequences and not always easy to uh, to understand or to predict uh, so uh, it's very important to think of humans and nature as, as a whole
0: as a that's whole. for
1: me the base of the the meaning of uh, sustainability
0: without these fancy buzzwords of circular economy or sustainable lifestyle or whatever, this is how the countryside has always lived, but it has to remain an, at a small scale to be understood as holistically as, as our grandparents did. The United Nations World Tourism Organization has a, a way of saying, as you said, an, there is always an impact or positive exactly. or negative. And the way UNWTO is approaching tourism is maximizing the good benefits and minimizing the harm let's go into definitions a little bit Uh, define you know the concept how do you see tourism sustainable tourism you know and wine gastronomic tourism its impact life cycle territoriality give us a a, you know sandra minella umbrella (laughs)
1: So uh, let's do a step back before uh, we talk about the sustainability and the impact uh, of of tourism. Uh, First of all, by defining and not just about wine tourism, but tourism as a whole. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, the, the World Tourism Organization has defined 17 goals that uh, uh, tourism has to follow uh, to become some more sustainable. But first of all, what makes a place a tourist destination? Uh, there are many that Different definitions that have been made in this uh, in these years, but uh, the most uh, uh, practical one that I I find is that a place to be defined as a tourist destination has to be unique, organized, and known. So these are the three key factors. So uh, unique, it has to be a place that is not be cannot be changed with other. Things that doesn't that have exactly the same characteristics, and uh, when I started, Lange was like this. It was uh, something unique in the world, and still is, fortunately, uh, with its, all its tradition, its uh, peculiar landscape, all its peculiarities. Uh, this place was uh, different from uh, any other, even including or even thinking about the wine destinations in the world. This has something unique. But when I started, we're talking about early two thousands. This was absolutely not organized, and this is why I started working uh, in this field, trying to organize things. Uh, and I could really see the uh, an amazing evolution of this. Just think about the number of uh, of hotels, uh, small hotels. Uh, we'll talk about the size of the hotel, very important. Uh, so uh, everything now is way more organized uh, and way more known. Uh, in the past, uh, this in this place, when I started bringing people here, they knew about Barolo and Barbaresco maybe as brands but they Basically, had no idea where they came from. It was maybe easy. Italy, maybe <laughs> not. Not even then, you know. Not, some people were not even sure about that. So uh, uh, it was something unique, but same, still had to be not only organized in terms of uh, you know tourism uh, um, structures, you know hotels, mm-hmm. drivers, etc., but also in terms of uh, uh, knowledge. You know how people have to know. What makes this place unique? You exactly.
0: Know? I, I think I came here for the first time in 1999 and drove by Barolo before I even noticed that, oh, we passed it already. There was no signs up.
1: <laughs> yeah. But I remember the first years, many people uh, thought that many times they were after one day here already. Maybe they were already here since one day. And uh, they asked me, oh, is, this is a part of Chianti, right? Uh, so, still today, sometimes, but uh, less and less, fortunately. So, today, uh, the wine district here, Vlange, Monferrato, and Roero, uh, Piemonte, also the other parts of Piemonte, Alto Piemonte, are now a tourist destination. They have these three uh, characteristics. But another thing we have to keep in mind is that every tourist destination, you can talk about the Lange, you can talk about the pyramids in uh, in Egypt, uh, you can talk about the Eiffel Tower, every kind of tourist destination has a life cycle, like, like everything, <laughs> probably. Uh, and this life cycle is one direction, so it's not... Uh, a circular thing that comes back. And uh, the steps of these life cycles are the same for every tourist destination in history, in the world. Uh, uh, Just the the difference is that this life cycle can be extremely long, like uh, centuries, or extremely short. In a few decades, it can go from the, the beginning to the end of its life cycle. And the steps are always, always the same. So the first step, we can call it capture. The second, conflict colonization and colonization story and decline uh, so capture is when a place that is not a tourist destination yet because it's not uh, uh, it doesn't have those three elements it's not organized it's not known this starts when uh, a place uh, uh, a territory starts to get the awareness of uh, the potential of becoming a tourist destination and so it starts to organize uh, i remember this really well before i started working the in the tourist business uh, in the 1980s 1990s i was living in turin and now turin is a tourist destination not far from the lange uh, in these days we have the Eurovision. there's thousands of, of people uh, but you know when i was at high school in turin a tourist in turin Seems like, what do they come here for? You know, Mm -hmm. and the museums were the same that we have today, the same, and the, the places were more or less the same. So it was already a beautiful place to see. But even the people entering, didn't think that, you know, somebody could be a tourist in Turin. You can mm, come yeah. and visit your parents, maybe. Uh, if you, but the the,
0: unique, uh, the uniqueness was not recognized. recognized by
1: the territory itself. Yeah. So there's a time when a territory can maybe understand its potential and start to work on it, so to get organized. Uh, uh, then there's, uh, at the end of this, uh, the tourist economy starts to grow in this territory, and the conflicts. Start uh, The conflicts uh, that can be uh, just the, the fact that the tourists occupy the spaces that were normally just the parking lots, for example, uh, that were normally used by the locals. Uh, uh, you start to have uh, buses that are, occupy that place. And uh, this is something that we are also seeing here in the De Delange, which is discussing that some villages here just don't have a space for more than one bus in their square because they have that square. And so the locals start to have some problems. There's a tourism event, uh, they cannot park the car and maybe go to run their errands as they used before. So these uh, small conflicts can start. Uh, at this point, uh, the, the economy, uh, the tourist economy still grows. Uh, it can invest uh, more and more, but uh, this part can go into the next uh, level, uh, colonization. That's when the tourism economy takes over the rest of the economy. Uh, so, some uh, simple uh, examples: uh, the kind of shops that tourists look for are totally different from the uh, local shops that you know people who live there all their life are used to get. You know, uh, tourists that uh, come here to Dolange the they look for food and wines and maybe souvenirs things that are not absolutely not needed for, for the locals and they don't need uh, other other things. So uh, another example that I'm seeing here in the Lange, so uh, we can already see that Lange are in this third step of colonization. So a bit further than the first conflict, but colonization. For example, when I arrived here and I moved to Montforte years ago, uh, it was absolutely normal that it, at the bar in the main square of the village, you know, very it's really like the image that everybody has about about italy you know a piazza with the locals and the children playing maybe in the piazza uh, and the old guys playing cards uh, with a glass of wine on the table at the bar it was absolutely normal and absolutely you know our lifestyle and probably the reason why people love this fall in love with this place and today those same uh, people had just don't dare playing cards anymore because that small table where they spend the whole uh, afternoon every day playing cards and getting maybe two glasses of cheap wine, uh, vino della la casa uh, in the same table. Now two uh, rich uh, tourists from abroad can spend uh, uh, you know, a fortune and just with a couple of bottles. Uh, and so just, they just don't dare, you know, being there and occupying the, 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 the space. Uh, uh, the kids in the square don't mm, play like that anymore because there's place for tourists. Uh, and so uh, these little uh, conflicts that uh, uh, really maybe are not seen as big, uh, you know, big issues, big conflicts, but they start to slowly change uh, the lifestyle of the locals. Uh, and uh, uh, Lange are now in this condition, that can lead uh, to the next step, to the decline. When this conflict, this uh, uh, tourist economy takes over completely, the local life uh, uh, changes, uh, just disappears. Uh, and uh, all the, the shops uh, of the locals closed, and you have conditions like, like in Venice, for example, uh, where uh, just... There's almost no local life. There's just uh, something for the tourists during the day, and then that's it for the night. So Langa are still very far from this this point, fortunately. But, uh, of course, uh, that will be a big, big problem if we get to that step, because at that point... uh, the decline is something that I can, you cannot stop. The, uh, the prices uh, start to go down for the tourists. Uh, the tourist becomes a mass uh, tourism. Uh, and also at that point, also the image of the wines will be damaged by, by this. Uh, while now we are in a perfect, perfect moment for uh, the value of the wines and the value of the land are kind of helping each other. So we are in that phase, Uh, we have to do our best. uh, And uh, that's uh, also also thanks to uh, initiatives like this podcast that uh, we have to raise awareness about this because we have to understand that we have to do our best to not to let the decline arrive.
0: To make this beautiful, quite long 20-year progress now reaching its peak and it's all about finding an equilibrium, finding a balance that can then prolong and make it a centuries long instead of decline, but a maturity. Exactly. Uh, and there comes all of the sustainability issues. How do we reach that balance is good for the nature, is good for the society, and it is good for the economy, that there is tourists, of course, without, we don't sell a bottle of Barolo without tourists today. We all realize that, but it is a very, very fragile uh, balance. How some of these critical issues where we are right now that you explained, how can these be balanced and how can they be slowed down or even reversed, uh, namely here in Piedmont and the Lange area?
1: Of course, we're talking about complexity. And uh, when we talk about nature itself, we always talk about complexity. And so there's not an easy uh, way, you know, just a series of easy guidelines that you follow and and you're done. You know, uh, we have, and right now, fortunately, we are as you said, at the, at the peak, it's a, it's a perfect moment for coming uh, here. We are more organized than we were 20 years ago, but we absolutely still have the authenticity. We still have that. So it's just a perfect moment. There's a series of uh, little but not so little things that we can do. Uh, one of the things, for example, is uh, trying to spread the season, the tourism uh, uh, more, uh, not only to divide and not to uh, the number of tourists that come in the year, not to have them all together in the same moment that starts to create problems with some buses or with uh, traffic or with the occupations uh, and also things like, uh, you know, the availability the, uh, of water. Imagine when, it, you know, uh, a huge number of people are all together using water and using the swimming pools and everything. Spreading is not only about uh, uh, bringing down the peaks uh, of uh, pollution. There's research made by an institute that realized that a tourist has eight times more impact than a local in the footprint uh, uh, in a place, both from the same country or from abroad, if you put all the things uh, together. So it's also that if we spread through the year, we can also uh, get people aware of uh, the life cycle of this place, of the natural uh, uh, life, uh, of how nature changes every day through the year, how there's a cycle. And we can have people with different interests, uh, not only people that come here for their you know, bucket list of uh, famous sellers to visit, but people that are interested in uh, discovering this place in less known uh, aspects. Uh, so coming here in the winter when everything is kind of sleeping, nature is sleeping. So uh, people that start to grow awareness. And uh, fortunately, the wine, uh, food and wine tourism, uh, among all the types of tourism that we have, is probably the one that can uh, play a more educational role to the tourist. Uh, Because when uh, uh, you are in a place where you talk about products that come from nature, for your table or for for your glass uh, uh, on the table, you have to talk about, you know, natural aspects, how they influence uh, how the climate, how the soil influences, uh, how the biodiversity can influence these uh, products. And it's uh, uh, something that I really uh, see that is done more and more in the winery. So that's another aspect, not only spreading the season, but... Uh, Focusing our attention during the visits, think about, for example, a winery visit. In when I started, the issues were more about: Are you, you aging Barolo in small barrels, or you're modern or traditional, and you use large barrels? Now these things are fortunately over. What the best winery visit that I see. The everything that is explained is always explained in terms of how do we maintain this soil fertility and this soil characteristic in the future? How can we make our wines with being more and more sustainable every year? This year, I reduce the amount of, uh, I don't know, some products that I use in the vineyard. In this way, I make a wine where I reduce the amount of sulfates that I use. So more and more, I see that the visit are uh, a constant occasion of showing the value of, uh, of these wines in terms of their sustainability. So uh, at the same thing, uh, oh, yeah. fortunately, is done by the other uh, huge has- assets that we have here in the Lange that is really, really something that we have to treasure uh, at maximum level. The, the food culture here uh, is not only very big uh, uh, food culture and excellent products, but the fact that I see that, all levels of of the restaurants from the simple trattoria to the Michelin star. We have a huge number of Michelin star restaurant here. And I I do the cooking shows at the Truffle Fair every year with all the Michelin star chefs of this area. And uh, I see how they communicate in doing their cooking shows when they explain their food. It's not so much the incredible techniques that they use to obtain, uh, you know, amazing textures, but it's all about I have a product that is an excellence of a territory. It can be from the land, it can be from somewhere else. How do I maximize its value? And how do I make an amazing dish without wasting anything? So I see that almost all the cooking shows that I do are focused on that. Of course, the taste and the visual aspect and all the the pleasures of food, but... It's all about explaining how do I value uh, this biodiversity that our land has uh, in terms of products and how do I reduce the waste. Another thing uh, we can do, and I can fortunately see it's well done here in the Lange, uh, increasing the uh, local economy. Not only one people come here because of the wine. That's for sure, because that's the what attracts the names of Barolo, Barbaresco, Lange, uh, wines attract uh, tourists here. But it's uh, very important that uh, here uh, we propose when it's food or in restaurants, other objects, uh, to value the uh, local uh, productions. Uh, so not just talking about food restaurants. Here you don't find, you know, the carbonara or the sort of things that are like the standard uh, sometimes fake Italian uh, kind of food that tourists expect. Here, tourists that come, they find local products on the table and they learn sometimes are totally unknown products and they discover something. So they discover the value of uh, small productions, niche productions that are perfectly adapted to the certain uh, territory. Also
0: seasonality.
1: Seasonality of food, absolutely important. You know, uh, I'm not coming to Italy expecting, you know, those food always available all the time. There's a seasonality. Mm. And so uh, it's important to respect and it's important that people get more and more awareness of this.
0: So you could kind of boil it down to, again, having a balance of responsibility of the providers oui. in the tourism organization. or So the wineries, the restaurateurs, the chefs, the guides, everyone who's involved, their responsibility to provide accurate information about those uniqueness uh, to keep that interest going, but also putting some of that responsibility To the shoulders of the tourist by increasing their awareness, uh, making sure that we give them a possible way of being a tourist that is responsible and sustainable. So, for example, their water usage or that the little hotels or the uh, agriturismos have. Uh, means of waste recycling for example if you don't give them that opportunity it's very difficult for them to do it on their own
1: and i think that has this has to be done and it has to be done with a certain lightness what i mean is Mm -hmm. that it doesn't have to be i make you aware of the damages you're making on the environment by coming here Mm -hmm. but it has to be fun and involving so easy you know Learning about things also is something that you can bring home and not only bring home souvenirs, but bringing home your awareness. And that's that's the today's luxury of
0: tourism, that you have an experience that can last forever, not just, you know, uh, a little pin that was made in... uh, in China or India or a T-shirt exactly. uh, that doesn't really tell you exactly. much about Barolo. But an experience where you've learned something, educational tourism is part of and gastronomic tourism very much. So I think there's a lot uh, the all players can do.
1: All players. And, and it, it's fun for the, it has to be fun for the tourists to learn these things. Uh, and uh, people, as you just perfectly said, are coming here for their well-being. Not only for a bucket list of uh, things to buy, uh, so because today you can buy those things online. Why coming here? You know, uh, so you come here for an experience, and an experience that is fun at the same time. It make you learn something. And about the players of all this uh, big uh, word of uh, tourism and wine tourism specifically, of course, also the institutions and uh, the, the tour operators have a big role. The institutions in guiding, uh, the, and fortunately here we, we have a strong guidelines on that. So, for example, in guiding the development, it's not always easy. But for example, fortunately here in the Lange, uh, we never get uh, the possibility of building huge uh, uh, hotels that can bring like uh, 20 buses at, in the same day at the same time. We have all small, small hotels. There's really maybe like two or three hotels in the entire Lange that can host an entire bus uh, in the same place. And most of the others have like 20, most have. 10 15 20 rooms that means that uh, we have a different kind of tourists not just people that come here with the bus uh, uh, you know buy something and leave uh, but people that come here in a different way all the structures are also held by the local communes applying you know uh, charging stations for electric bicycles. Uh, uh, all the agritourismes are now making deals, uh, and, and that makes uh, the economy grow. Because, uh, for example, people that provide bicycles and their maintenance. Uh, at the same time, you provide a uh, uh, less impact in the uh, tourists when they move from uh, place to place because they use bicycle. At the same time, you create uh, a local economy on that. So these are these are important aspects that we we fortunately have, and we have to. Uh, always uh, keep in mind and of course uh, the tour operators or all the structures that do incoming for example i work for uh, agreement Italia is uh we put together uh, wineries from all over italy and we are also help them develop their hospitality but we try to choose wineries and to bring people uh, to those wineries with a high attention on uh, the sustainability aspect, uh, not only on the, how the wines are produced, but also of the hospitality. And more and more, I'm seeing that uh, uh, tour operators uh, are getting more aware of the value of this. Uh, it's becoming selling a tour, not just for the beauties that you see or for the fancy hotels and restaurants, but uh, um, a sale point of, uh, of the tours is now how sustainable is that tour? Absolutely. And sustainability, not only we talk more about the environmental issues maybe, but also the social aspect, the social impact of this tourists, which is also absolutely important.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I have recently read that 87% of all tourists uh, around the world say that Uh, sustainability issue is a factor now it's our role and also the tourists role to demand concrete actions and and make uh, get sustainability as one of those unique uh, selling points as you said what would be your kind of tips for a savvy tourist planning a visit to an Italian enogastronomic region. Not only Piedmont, it might be Sicily, might be Toscana, Umbria or Marche that is developing, but what are, what would be the musts to check when a, a tourist is planning and choosing the destination, hotel, restaurant or a tour guide for that matter, or the activities that they want to do from sustainability point of view?
1: Well, first of all, if they pass through a tour operator for organizing their tours, uh, choosing a tour operator that, uh, starting from the website and from the whole approach to the tourism uh, organization, has a uh, uh, sensibility on that. So uh, there's more and more tour operators that are specialized in sustainable tourism. So the first thing is to uh, choose that. Uh, then the other thing, uh, uh, trying to find uh, wineries or agriturismi or uh, small hotels Uh that uh, offer not only a bed and uh, maybe the spa or swimming pool uh, but also activities that are based on the local Economy on the local life. Uh, so uh, not only you know you come here, you have a beautiful place, and you can buy the most expensive ones. But we organize uh, cooking lessons. That that's also another great way to let people understand the seasonality of food and the local traditions, or agriturismi that, uh, or uh, um, other destinations that uh, do uh, something ex- experiences with the local life. Mm-hmm. So participating to uh, uh, something. To the harvest, maybe, or uh, to something that is related to discover the local life. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, trying to find all the offers that are not simply offering you the best, uh, you know, uh, hospitality in terms of rooms and food and places to see, but in terms of activities that have to be connected with the local life, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe skip those places that just offer you. Uh, you know, uh, a series of places to vi- to to see and things to buy.
0: Yeah, yeah. I once had uh, a guest who wanted to um, because my husband's a chef and we sometimes do this, and they wanted to do avocado something. I said, mm-hmm. "Well, avocados don't grow in Piedmont, <laughs> so we only use local ingredients." And as banal as it is, but it came as a surprise that we would not accommodate their wish. Yeah because we want to communicate what is local, what is original to this area. So, uh, sometimes also for the tourists to remember that one part of the tourism is to maintain the original culture and respect that and not to do demands that are out of place.
1: Exactly. And it's also something that the the offers, so the, the hospitality, mm-hmm. the structures and uh, to appraisers and guide have to remember. That's important to, okay, give uh, our clients uh, something that they like, but without uh, uh, making too big compromises. You know, if they want something that is just not uh, here and just does not belong to this place. Uh, uh, well, we can lose that guest, maybe, or uh, that guest can uh, learn something by the fact that uh, not everything that he wants is available, because after, if we just follow all the on one side, of course, we have to accommodate uh, the end to understand. We open more open-minded. For example, in terms of you know how other people are used to eat, and so for example, giving more possibilities here in the langue. For example, to give more vegetarian uh, choices in the menus. That's something. Uh, it's very easy because it's in our culture. My grandparents' generation would eat meat maybe once a week. Yeah, exactly. Uh, because it was expensive. It was some- mm. something for the rich. The farmers. Just didn't eat eat maybe meat for uh, maybe for Christmas or, or a couple of times a year. So uh, we just have to go back to the roots. We don't have to invent anything, but we don't have to make fake things just because tourists uh, like them and buy them. And sometimes there are places where the fake uh, uh, italian style things uh, are felt more real by the tourists than the real things themselves <laughs> true, so we don't example, have to make that mistake yeah yeah, yeah.
0: italian food doesn't really exist uh, exactly. it's very regional exactly. and and that is the of course the richness and the uniqueness why tourists have italy on their bucket list uh, wrapping up back to the conversation that uh, we started of the tourist destination having these stages in their life cycle how do you view the future now for Piedmont are we smart enough to prolong this maturity or do you see a decline already
1: uh, I think uh, there's uh, growing awareness about this uh, but there's always uh, uh, something to that we have to fight every day for uh, so for example uh, recently so you know the idea of making a big golf course uh in a place where uh, we always, uh, historically, the langa suffer with the lack of uh, water because of their the place where they are. Uh, we don't get from the, from the mountains because they, we have a plain that separates us from the mountains. So it's forbidden to irrigate the vineyards and how we can, uh, you know, say you cannot irrigate your vineyards but you can use a whole lot of uh, water for a golf course a huge golf course we are a territory we are not uh, uh, you know something um, like uh, uh, an ideal land we're a territory and it's a territory that uh, sees uh, vineyards and other productive uh, activities uh, in a relatively small space and uh, this is in the history of the Lange this is what made the Lange uh, alive uh, through the years. Uh, just a quick example back in history. Other parts of Piedmont after World War II, the people that were working in the vineyard forgot their vineyards, sold them, and went to work in the factories because the wages were so much better and so absolutely much safer. And, but they have to emigrate to do that here we have the industries around alba that after world war ii provided safe wages safe jobs to farmers that didn't have to emigrate Could maintain their piece of vineyard maybe selling some grapes and maybe working in the, somebody in the family working in the factory they could uh you know get some money from the bank and make a little uh, space for uh, some barrels and becoming producers themselves so this uh Uh, interaction between different activities has been the real uh, wealthiness of this area. And so uh, we don't have to think that, okay, now we have tourism, we have sustainability, and uh, we want sustainability of tourism, and we get rid of everything else that's in the territory. Uh, No, things have to work uh, together. So there will always be some uh, conflicts between activities that have different goals and different uh, necessities. So uh, it's not... uh, a path that is just, okay, now we have. Where on this path, we go on. It's a constant work of finding the best solutions uh, that can put together all the different elements uh, every, like every day. It's like the
0: very, very quirky and windy roads of, uh, <laughs> of, the of, of arriving uh, to Serra Lunga or, uh, or arriving to La Morra that Absolutely. you have uh, several turns and twists, uh, which is also, of course, why it is so interesting to live this Period In the development of tourism, because we are in so many of those crossroads where we can make good choices. And of course, also for the tourists who come here to see that we make good choices and the tourists can make good choices as well.
1: I think that winemakers... Uh just have this in their DNA, you know, because if you are a winemaker, and many people here are winemakers since five, six generations, so they understand this very well. It's something, uh, getting from... From a piece of land, okay, to building a vineyard uh, and managing that vineyard every day through the year, having to cope with the different, uh, you know, uh, weather conditions through the year. And then uh, all the different choices that you can make every day during the winemaking process, uh, including the marketing issues and everything. Winemakers are absolutely used to understand that every day there's a challenge. There are multiple choices that you can take. Uh, there are uh, things that can change the game within a half an hour. Think about a hailstorm, for example. So, uh, we are absolutely u- used to understand that uh, uh, we have to think in long terms. Uh, when you plant a, wi- a vineyard, yeah, you are with that vineyard, you are tied system. to that vineyard for a couple of generations, not a couple of years. Uh, so, uh, I think uh, the winemakers have the right mentality to understand these aspects.
0: That's a great uh, anecdote to close up. Thank you so much for this inspiring uh, conversation, Sandra. I could spend all day with you talking. Uh, so uh, for the listeners, I think it's a good uh, advice to follow you on your uh, social media channels because a lot of great information comes out of your mouth. Thanks and so and thank
1: you, Rika, because with this podcast series, uh, you're uh, really helping us to talk about these things uh, and uh, growing all together and confronting each other is the, the best way to, to grow.
0: Absolutely. Thank you, Sandro.
1: Thank you. Bye-bye. Stay curious and stay on the path of sustainability. Creating a more sustainable lifestyle is easy and starts with the first actions today. It's a path, not a project. This episode of Walk the Talk has been produced by Gabi de Villoutré, edited by sound engineer Vincent Wagner, graphic design by Trulli Bell, and marketing by Johanna Lindholm. You'll find more information on the episode on sukula.com slash podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Lalangetta. We'd love to hear from you. So please get in touch.